this time around in The Delve. We are talking about the 1997 film directed by... It is so a 1997 film. Andrew Nichol called Gattaca. This is actually the first time I had seen uh, Gattaca. Yeah? How'd you like it? Um, I, I enjoyed the film noir elements of it. I thought it sort of science was a very 1997 understanding of how genetics works. Really? You didn't like the science behind it? I'm sorry. I should say that more sarcastically. Really? You didn't like the science behind it? I, 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 th- I thought it was inaccurate. I thought, I thought they missed significant portions, but that is... But based on a 1997 understanding of how trans works, that would be, you know, a, a way that it would be interpreted. I love on the Wikipedia article that bioethicist James Hughes argues pretty much that we're already doing half this stuff anyways, and we don't have the ability to... To um, control genetics, but in any case, we should do. We should. We should. We should tell us the, the listeners what the movie's about. Oh my god! I didn't even have to say anything this time. Be nice. So okay, go ahead, Vincenzo. So in the not too distant future of the 1950s, because that's what it looks like. This entire film is for some reason we have decided to revert to. 1950s style entirely. We have, uh, you know, gotten a sophisticated ability to sequence embryos. Yeah. And select... The better traits from each of your parents. Yes. Or genetic donors. The, the most fit children will be selected. So things like myopia, addiction, heart disease, things that have genetic predispositions are sort of... Selected away. Yeah. No, but yes. And that's sort of the setting for the story. Mm-hmm. And that's what people talk about. At the end of the day, people, if you ask someone asks, what's Gattaca about? That's what they'll get. Yeah, pretty much. But, but they will neglect to mention there's a murder mystery <laughs> there is actually a plot, happening actually, in this film. <laughs> or, or, you know, also just a plot. Yeah, there's a plot in this film. <laughs> and I'll admit that, 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 you know, it does get... It's underrated because there is more to it than its bioethical dilemmas. Ooh, is that in fact the first time we've used the term bioethical on a podcast? Probably. Awesome. Maybe. And we did a science podcast. We may have used it in the science podcast. That is a long episode. If we did, could someone tell us? Because we don't want to look. In any case, what's the plot about, Vincenzo? Wow, good good radio man voice there. But um, the, the plot is that this man, Vincent has bought identity of a... Well, rewinding back here a little bit. Vincent is not a genetically selected individual. He is what society has deemed an invalid, Mm -hmm. good ham-fisted terminology that this film is is pretty good, pretty strong on. And rightly so. So he he has not got anything... He's not, like, genetically tailored in any way. He's just kind of... However he... He he was was a natural birth, and he is predisposed to, you know, die young. Totally needs glasses, too. Of a a heart... (laughs) I think it's palpitation or mouth on heart or something. And that is, that's Ethan Hawke, right? Yeah, yeah Ethan Hawke is, is Vincent. And he buys... Uh, Jude Law's. Jude Law's identity of Jacob. Who has a really great identity, yeah. our genetic coding, but happens to be involved in an accident that left him paralyzed from the waist down and increasingly depressed. And, and so in this world, people, you know, people, when this, these things happen, people tend to sell their identity to people, to invalids. Which is the only way they can get upper tier jobs. Yeah. And not, and not be a janitor like Ernest Borgnine. <laughs> I would like to point out that it is technically in this world illegal to be biased against yeah. you for your genetics, but they managed to do it but they all just, the time. They kind of just say, yeah, no one's to that law. Apparently the ACLU doesn't exist in this future, because you know there'd have so much work going on if, there'd if be, they still existed. There'd be a second ACLU just for this. Yeah. And I mean, there is actually a law that permits this now. It is. It came out in, what, 
2008 or 9, Gina or Gina? Yeah, 2008, the Genetic Information Non-Discrimination Act. Mm-hmm. Um, but in any case, so that happens, and he does well in his chosen career. On He even gets to the point where he gets this awesome go-into-space job, and then the murder mystery happens. Yeah. So he works for this company, Gattaca, and they're, I guess they send people, they, they launch rockets to space. For shits and giggles. Uh, you know, I guess, I guess for science. Yeah, yeah, for, for science! science. <laughs> really, I think that's about as far as can go. It's just for science, you know. With explanation for it in a good Georgetown movie sense right there. Awesome. <laughs> and this is his dream as a child. Like, he always wanted to go into space, even though, even in the modern day, with his health conditions, there is no way he'd be an astronaut. No, absolutely not. And th- there's several critics point that out. Cause just because he has a heart condition yeah. that you can find on medical reviews... They'd be like, yeah, you're not going into space. You have a heart condition. And if you and, if, and you're you're the navigator, if you die, well, we could lose everyone. And probably will. Yeah, because you know you're flying into space and high, uh, you know, high G's, and your heart doesn't work perfectly. So there, there may be one or two flaws in the movie. <laughs> one, maybe, maybe one or two, maybe more, maybe one or two. We'll find out. In any case, the murder mystery happens, and since he's leaking DNA all over because it's him, they think he did it because he that like his original identity has no business. Being being on the premises. Yeah. So, obviously, they think he did it, and the mystery begins, and blah, blah, blah. And he, and, he, and he goes kind of, you know, a little paranoid there, because he had not a very good job of covering up his invalid DNA. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he, he had blood samples, he had urine samples. Because apparently this company checks your blood every day and checks your urine, you know, once a week. Because why the fuck not? Because, you know, awkward doctor wants to look at your wiener. And you think... <laughs> You That's think, what Gavica does. Hey, she shoots rockets and examines the <laughs> The doctor even said, hey, as a nice piece of equipment you got there. I wish my parents made me one. Wow. Four okay. out of the film. It is. Um, depressing, but it is. I, I, yeah, that was one of the more weirder prospects to me was just going through all the different ways in which he was getting DNA and you know preventing his DNA from being spread and yeah. using the right DNA, and it was just like weird. And well, I mean, I guess when you can you know, get it from dead skin or from hair, and mm-hmm. you, know, you have to be careful if you know you see they're always watching you and you know cleaning your keyboard. Right, but yeah, so that's we, we we've gotten the plot pretty damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 1950s is. is is your thoughts on I'd that? I'd say 1950s or 40s. Probably more 40s. It did have a classical sense. And a lot, like, in a way, some of the environment reminds me of Dark City a little bit. I haven't seen it. It's on the list. I think it's on the list. Can we put it on there twice? <laughs> no. I think it's on the list more than once. It should be. If you haven't seen it, it should be. Um. Yeah, it, it's kind of going for... I mean, I think a lot of films do that. It's not... It's like, not like a, a noir It's not like the first time no. that a film set in the future has kind of the look and style of... Would you say, like, noir dystopian? I'd say tech-noir. You guys are just, like, saying words now. You're just, like, making up... No, noir is a thing. Like, yeah, noir is a... Tech-noir... Tech-noir is a thing. It's a... It's the club off Pico and Terminator. I was just okay. actually saying it was a dystopian movie that reflected noir values. But, sure. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's, it's filmed in, in, and it looks like a film noir in a lot of ways. Noir. Film noir. You don't pronounce the R. I don't recall. Do we ever see the main character in his bed? Does, does, a, does a dame ever walk into his office? Well, no, that's that's yeah, an actual literal rule in film noir that you're not ever supposed to see the main character, like, sleeping in his bed. Really? Yeah. That's the only reason that the movie Brick isn't classic noir, is because there is a scene where you see him in his bed. Other than that, it is total film noir. You, you do see him in his bed, although I did not know there was a rule of film noir, you know, that wasn't actually a codified genre like a western or monster was. I, I think this is much like we were talking about off 
um, recording earlier about Disney scholars. I think this is something that noir scholars have developed. And have built much of rules out of what's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I would say it's dystopian, uh, noir-ish. Yeah. So, what did you guys think about the visuals? Um, I think the visuals are probably I, I, I like, my, one of my favorite parts about the movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I like it as a consistent world that it doesn't. That there's nothing that really looks too out of place. Mm-hmm. Like the cars look like they're from that period, and the hair yeah. and the clothing, and yeah, sort of the way people move in a lot yeah. of ways looks like a film in the forties. Yeah, that's probably my favorite part of the movie because I mean, I, I personally I like the movie. I think it's not a great, 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 great movie. It's not like best movie ever, but I like it. I enjoy it quite a bit. But I really like the visuals. I think they're my, my favorite part. I, I like that. I think they did have a good. I mean, with them had a few very noir lines in there. Mm-hmm. They were like, you know, it's always just one. The years just but one turn around the earth. So there's very like poetic noir lines that you have every now and then. Yeah, I mean, it's like kind of. It's like if you haven't seen it, think Blade Runner. You know, it's like that kind of. Blade Runner had a very different aesthetic. You think? Blade Runner goes for a much more eighties and much more futuristic. Well, like this. But ends, if you, if oh god, I'm gonna. But like this aims a retro future. Blade Runner. Is a, is a lot more futuristic in a lot of ways, but it's very it's very forty is very noir in a lot of ways too. Um, oh god, I'm like totally blanking on all the characters from Blade Runner's name now. But um, Chris, Chris, no, 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 no. Oh, we're gonna have to edit this out. Nope, we're not. We're gonna keep talking. Oh god. But I mean, I, I think the difference for me is that Blade Runner looks. This doesn't look very futuristic. This looks. Like, Harrison Ford character is very much the the film noir detective. Yes, yeah, he has a, like, gumshoe look to him in and, a lot of ways. And, uh, <clears throat> oh, the character opposite him, whose name I can't remember. Parker Howard. Sean Young in the film, whose character, the re- she's a replicant? What the hell is Good spoiler name? there. Oh, wait, that's not a spoiler. No, you know she's. Um, also, it's been out for like a really long time. So I've never. Anyway, Sean character. I saw. I've seen it once. Like I made it through like halfway before I fell asleep in boredom. So, so that's a family to put on the uh, anyway, list then. Sean Sean Young's character is very forty. She's got like the broad shouldered like yeah. No, her, suit, her look is very forty. Like, but that film, I would say, the upper class looks forty. Yeah. Whereas his entire world, upper and underclass. It's like modern day like Singapore. It's like the 40s from, you know, like upper class, lower class. That was like 40s from upper class, lower class. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'd say like the lower class in Blade Runner looks more like a movement from, you know, 1980s onward. Like yeah. the times would have changed enough. So anyway, back to... So you like yeah, the visuals. I do. I, I like the visuals. I like that as a consistent world. Mm-hmm. What about, um, what about the music? Like the soundtrack? What I remember of it, it, was, it wasn't bad. So unnoticeable. Check. Yeah, I mean, it's a... I don't think there's anything exceptional about the soundtrack. I think it's just mm-hmm. standard music score. You know, nothing exceptional. Exceptional? Exceptional about it. Were the characters believable and or likable? This is the checklist of questions you have for Just me. wondering. <laughs> this is the delve. It's not like we're going to spend an hour on this. Let's let's get to the meat here. Just bang it out. Um, I think so. I think the characters are interesting. I think there's a good... They're, they're a little melodramatic, even for what I like. Try to do this movie and not be melodramatic, dude. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think... I don't know. Personally, I think the standout character for me is... Jude Ball's character. Um, I, I, I agree with you know, that he's sort of... He's, he's at least the most interesting. He's really one of those that has a... He really is a character. He's also the most talented actor in the film, uh, so... Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, Uma Thurman kind of just has a few 1940s lines and is there to look like Uma Thurman. Yeah. And I think they, no one else really has a bag. No one else really has a character, per se. I mean, uh, Vincent's really a fairly standard hero type. He's a sort of underdog hero. Yeah, but... Um... And after that, who's that? Like, Alan Arkin? He's just, you know... <laughs> oh, but you, it doesn't matter what Alan Arkin does. I will love him forever. Well, yeah, I mean, he's a great actor. <laughs> well, also, we're meant to believe that Aaron, Alan Arkin is, in fact... And a, a genetically selected individual. And I think in no universe... Is a what? A genetically selected individual. Huh. Is a quote-unquote valid, where I, I I do not quite... It's Alan Arkin, man. He's ugly as sin. Exactly. <laughs> what kind of would choose that face? <laughs> I love your acting, but... No, oh, fuck. I love Alan Arkin. Um, but yeah, so... Then I, 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 I concur with your guys' opinions on the characters. I didn't necessarily like the film because of a couple of things I mentioned already. Plus, just the allegory was just really blatant. Like, the, the message was blatant and kind of forced down your throat. And it had a very happy-go-lucky ending. And there were some really major technical details wrong. Like, dude had a heart condition. Not going to space. Dangerous for everyone to send him into space. But amongst other things like that, like the bioethical issues were really blatant. They might have... And they, and they may... And they sort of just, you know... They, they've tipped their hand up. Here's how we feel about it. Going into it. Yeah. If they had sort of... I don't want to say looked at both sides, but sort of given different perspectives and then sort of... Maybe done it a little subtler, too. Yeah. Just really, a little. When you, when you start with a Bible quote <laughs> as the first thing you see in a film, you're usually giving your opinion off pretty quickly. Look out. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I guess... I guess it is a little, it is flawed in that the, the science behind it is flawed. The, you know, the, but I, I think that that's not really the point. And I'm not saying that's not, you know, worth pointing out as a flaw in the film. Uh, there are a lot of times, you know, just, just unbelievable, unbelievability, bad science is no. distracting in a movie. Exactly. But, like, so that is a definite flaw. But, again, the science behind it is not really the point of the movie. But I mean, I disagree with that. In a way, it is though, because it seems obvious that they're making this point about bioethical issues. So the science is a big point in the movie. I mean, it's really not about the characters. Otherwise, they would have made them more likable. I think it's it's more about not like the specifics about the science. It's about um, the ethical ideas. The yeah. ethical ideas behind it. You know, yeah, like somebody at some point would have said, you know, this guy has a heart condition, but like he he but he still has his job as an astronaut. He's still going to go to space. All our because... suits when they go to space. No spacesuits, just Delbert's suits. Suit future. But like. He, um, what am I trying to say? Hmm. Uh, what are you trying to say? I don't know. Communicate. I, I, I think that, like, he, um, wow, I. It's gone? Form a thought. I, I blurb it a blurb. Yeah. No, no, no. I think what's going on is, like, you know, he's got this heart condition, and. But they're trying to show that, like, you know, the the, way, the things that you're born with, they don't determine, they don't, they don't have to limit you, that you can, like, overcome them, and that, like, like picking and choosing to k- get rid of imperfections is not... So stop the heart condition. Like, why couldn't they have just given him tendencies towards things that you could still feasibly travel to space with? Think because, like, the, write- the writing isn't that great. You know, like, because they just thought... <laughs> and it's like, finally out! Like, <laughs> That's the phrase you're looking for. You know, because... What if he had a heart condition? Somebody's like, yeah, sure, why not? Like, nobody thought, like, oh, that would mean he oh, couldn't like, go to space. No, I actually had a heart condition. You ever. know, like, uh, you know, it's it's kind of a, a, a shitty writing moment, but I, I think that the point is still there that, like, you know, he's got X, 
you know, most people with X wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't expect people with X to, you know, become Y, but here he is, he's got X, and yet, and yet Y, you know, so like... Wow, that was impressive. You know? <laughs> if X, if P, then Q. <laughs> um, I guess my, it's, it's still, my opinion still stands on that. It just, it's really down your throat, kind of. Like, like my, different movies have done it a lot subtler than this movie. <laughs> And that's saying something. Aladdin is they had diamond in the rough. That's one of their. I believe Aladdin and his son was a, uh, you know, a, a, a hammer to the face. So solid than this yeah. movie. So is this like a mallet, like a good like Gallagher mallet then to the face? This is the anvil on your head. This... But no, I, there are parts of it I like. I'm just saying that one of the major reasons I don't like this movie, and I believe last time we did the delve, I went, ah, I was because of that. I, I'd say I like the the, mystery, the murder mystery detective elements to the story, mm-hmm. and I think that the science kind of uh, loses me a lot. Yeah, it, it, it is. Sort of the, it's bad science. And for, it's, it's bad science. And for a scientist, it's got to be even worse. And, like somebody, and it's bad I, allegory also, I, I think. I watch it. And I'm not really bothered by the bad science because I'm not a scientist. You know, it's just not... I don't know. Like, like a movie like The Core, where, like, the science is just so bad, it's, like, distracting. Like, but I don't know if that's film, how, like, you feel. That film isn't trying to make a point about the science, though. This film is very clearly trying to make a point about the science. But it's not making a point about the science. Yes, it it's is. It's making a point about the ethics behind the science. Which is the science itself. It is making a point about the scientists who are doing it. Uh, I don't even have to participate in this conversation anymore. <laughs> it is making a point about, like, where society should be going with the science. Just tag me in when you need me. <laughs> we'll just tag you in. I, I believe you do. Oh, nice. Sorry, Jess. I have to agree with him. So final thoughts? <laughs> wow, he's just... Okay, I will, I, I will end Fuck this podcast it. right now. Let's drive into a wall. Turn this delve right around. I I I gave my thoughts. I mean, that's it, that's where it stands. I thought Jude Law was the best part of this movie, but yeah. but that's it. That's about it. But then Alan Arkin being Alan Arkin. Well, Alan Arkin anywhere is just a ray of sunshine old, in my life. Being a cranky old man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jess, final thoughts said so bitterly. Yeah. <laughs> so what do we have next week? What are your final wow. thoughts? <laughs> Those are her final thoughts. Apparently, wow. move on. <laughs> I enjoyed watching it, but looking back at it, you see a lot of holes in the film. I I both enjoyed and didn't enjoy getting Jess and a rumble over it. And making noise during the podcast. What's new? Be nice. I'm sorry. I'd like to point out, though, that I did not, you know, harass you like Vincenzo did. (laughs) As someone who had a semester of genetic bioethics... I'm used to, I, I, this is one of those I prepared to have this argument. I, I, I had a course on genetic yeah, bioethics for a semester. So, I'm just going to, like, just kind of go off on a tangent just for a second here. Okay. Um, you know, based on what just happened here. Um, how you just threw Vinny under the I was watching yeah. South Park the other day. Speaking of buses, I threw under them. And sure. they literally threw Cartman under a bus. Like, they literally took Cartman and threw him under a bus. That took seven seasons too long. Yeah. <laughs> hilarious. Anyway... I just thought that was neat. I was like, wow, they threw him under a bus. But he can handle the bus. What the fuck? <laughs> and by this, I apparently mean that the bus is symbolic of Jess, and there's no unknown underquotes there. <laughs> oh, God. Can we just move on? <laughs> okay. What's the next time? Uh, the next movie is one that neither Diego or I have seen. But, but I've seen but it. But Jess was incredibly excited when the, uh, the randomizer... Uh, 
chose it. So that means we're going to hate it. Check. A movie called Sunshine? Sunshine. And which one is it? So we can be very clear about this for people. It is the one uh, directed by Danny Boyle, starring Hillian Murphy. Oh, wow. See, do you, do you start to understand, though, about sitting positions? Like, both Vincenzo and I are on the same side of the table, and all of a sudden, it's like we're attacking you? See? So, so are you saying we find a, a triangular yeah, table for podcasting? You know, the, yeah, the I'm not crazy. The about this is we're in kind of a triangular configuration <laughs> at the moment. And, like... But you guys are clearly on the couch, so... And I'm on the other side of the table. I thought this was, like, even... I don't know. <laughs> anyway, watch fucking Sunshine. They come and tell me how horrible my taste in everything is. I don't know. Based on the poster, I think I like it. I, um... I offered you the couch. <laughs> Alright, well, uh... That's it for the Delve. That's, that's it for this Delve, and we'll be back in, uh, I guess, two weeks with Sunshine from 2007. Not the one from the past. Before that, there's Ray Fiennes.